Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Two-Way Podcast. We are here with Eduardo doing sort of a dual wrap-up, start-of-the-off-season NBA podcast. Um, we're going to start by uh, talking about the finals because the last time uh, we talked was in the middle of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, we have crowned a champion, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and then we're going to be doing a draft preview with our top 14 prospects on our personal boards. Um, should be fun. Let's start off with the finals. Eduardo, um, Suns go up early, 2-0, um, and the Bucks come back, win four straight. What was your biggest takeaway from this series? Yeah, so, I mean, it was a really interesting series just because me and a lot of people I, I talk with, um, we all thought it was basically over. I mean, obviously the Bucks had a chance, but, you know, since – before the series started, Giannis was coming in with an injury. A lot of people thought he might not play one or maybe even two games. And even if he did, he would be kind of rusty because it was a pretty bad injury and he was coming back a little early because they needed him, right? And then he played. He played really well. And then the first two games, he, you know, didn't really have a lot of help um, yeah. for a lot of people. But it was surprising on, you know, the level that he was. But I feel like the first two games, it was, you know, not really the Bucks that we saw for the rest of the series. Drew Holiday and Milton really weren't at that level. And it was just basically just an injured Giannis playing against the whole Suns team, who was playing really well. Um, but then after that, uh, we all thought, well, I mean, it's back in Milwaukee, so they'll probably win game three. Uh, and then they did, but then they just kept going. And I don't know what just clicked uh, with the Bucks team, but, you know, something happened where the whole team just went on fire. Um, and, I mean, Giannis obviously was a big part of that. He just did not stop for the whole series. Uh, you know, an insane performance. And even though, yeah, I saw some people saying Chris Middleton for finals MVP, I think that's bullshit just because, you know, look it at is, what Giannis it did. Is. Right? But, you know, he did play well. So did Drew. And the whole Bucks team, team just, you know, I, I do feel like something happened uh, before game three, and then the whole team just came back into it, and then they were ready. But, you know, I was kind of rooting for the Suns basically just because of Chris Paul. But then, um, you know, the Bucks won, which I think is good. I, I like Giannis, but, you know, kind of sad that Chris Paul was up 2-0 and then ended up losing. Yeah, um, as far as the question, my biggest takeaway from this series is just Giannis in general. Um, I think, you know, I had a, I had a big opinion of Giannis. We both really liked his two-way impact on the game. Um, we thought both his MVPs were well-deserved. He was the most valuable player in both of those seasons. Um, but in the playoffs, it, you know, it's been a struggle for him. He's underperformed. Um, and part of that has to do with him being a young and experienced player. Um, but you know, when it's happening two times in a row, when you're the favorites, um, you start to get a little worried about long-term, uh, you know, answers. And, you know, I think people thought it was sort of the same even through that Brooklyn series because of the injury luck that they got. Um, and then he gets hurt in Atlanta. They win two without him. Um, and he comes back and establishes himself as a tier one NBA player. He might be the best player in the league. Um, and I was just incredibly impressed with him two-way wise um, as a, you know, I, I, I mean, the stuff he was doing defensively while also, um, being a ball handler and attacking the basket as often as he did, um, 
it was impressive to see, and he obviously deserved Finals MVP. I think that's pretty clear. Um, and just going off of that question, uh, would you say that? Do you, th- you think? Do you think Giannis is now the best player in the league? Yeah, I mean, just yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's basically any player, especially after this, you know, um, these playoffs. Like he was just clearly the top player. I mean, I saw a lot of KD stuff, but you know, he just proved basically a lot of sports media and a lot of fans wrong. People saying that he couldn't lead a team, and he did, and he won. Which you know, people were saying, "Oh, you can't be the best player if you never won anything," which he had. But you know, the chip definitely made a difference in his performance. Just if he sat out the whole playoffs and just played the finals, he would still be the best player in my mind just because of what he did in the finals. So, you know, even though I am a LeBron fan, he's not at that level, uh, not anymore, at least. We'll see what happens this season. But, I mean, the closest player will probably be KD. Um, but I think after what Giannis did, we just have to give it to him at 26 too. So, yeah, he is, at least to me. Yeah, I think if you're talking about the top, you know, level of NBA players, which guys you would want right now, um, yeah, I think you have to put him ahead of Curry because of the massive, you know, difference defensively for what those guys give you. Um, I think I would put him ahead of LeBron, um, and you know, I, I, I guess LeBron's sort of an unknown right now because we don't know if that was the ankle injury or him. You know, knowing they didn't have a chance without Davis or because he was not himself in any of those playoff games really, other than a couple moments. Um, I think Durant is really close because, you know, you do have to remember it was, he was playing with more help, but Durant destroyed Giannis in, you know, when they went head to head in the first, uh, I'd say two games. Um, and then it sort of evened itself out. I think Durant was still outplayed him in that series. Um, but I think it's really close. I, I could go either way. Um, but Giannis certainly has vaulted up a tier for me as far yeah. as, you know, I thought he, coming into the playoffs for what he hadn't shown me was about, you know, five to eight, you know, behind those top tier of guys. Um, and he's in that top tier. That's not a, even a debate anymore. Yeah, for sure. To me right now, like you said, in the Bucks next series, KD was the best player. Um, but, you know, it's them two in the top tier, and then, you know, you have Curry, LeBron, Kawhi, maybe, um, in tier two. But, yeah, those are the top two players in the NBA right now. But I, I got to give it to Giannis, you know, after what he did. It's just, right, it's amazing. Yeah, what did you see from the Suns' point of view? Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton had a breakout NBA playoffs. He was still incredible in general, but um, he did struggle in the finals, which was, I think, it partly expected. Um, but, you know, you do have to take into account that he struggled. Um, Devin Booker, I thought, was really excellent after, you know, he's still a little bit inconsistent, but um, he had two 40-point games, um, hitting ridiculous shots, and I think defensively he showed some stuff that I didn't think he had in him at all. Um, he was playing excellent defense, I thought, and it's really raised my opinion of him um, overall as you know one of the best two guards in the league. Um, what did you think of uh, the guys on the Sun side, including Chris Paul too, who 
Um, started out the series great, kind of wore down um, over time, though. Yeah, I mean, so like you said, I think the biggest uh, takeaway for the Suns is DeAndre Ayton. Like, he has never played at the level that he played in the playoffs. Um, this season, you know, he did improve, but in the playoffs, it was he was a beast. Um, and, you know, maybe it is that, you know, some of the teams they took on didn't have a really strong center. But, you know, in the finals, I mean, it is expected, like you said, for him not to perform uh, the same, especially because he is young. And, I mean, I'm not saying it's all about the nerve, but, you know, that might have made a difference. But he was still playing at a really good level, and I feel like he's, you know, going to become one of the top centers. Um, he might already be um, there uh, close to another, you know, some other people at that level, but I feel like he's going to continue developing, uh, especially playing, you know, with the Suns team if he is going to stay there for the next few years. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to develop into a great center. Uh, I really like his play style um, just because he is, you know, kind of an old-school center, which I like. Um, but then, you know, moving on, Chris Paul, I mean, at this point, I don't know what he does because this these playoffs were really weird. I don't know if the Suns can go back to the finals next year unless they really improve um, in some areas and just the team in general. I don't think they're in the same level at as some other teams um, in the Western Conference. Um, but, you know, this season there were a lot of injuries. So, you know, what, a, what does Chris Paul do? Do you stick around with the Suns? Do you leave? Because he probably wants a chip or else he's going to retire, like, pretty soon. Uh, so in these final years, do you just ring chase? Um, I don't know. But in the finals, he did play really well. In the whole playoffs, really. Um, so did D-Book. Um, and, yeah, without both of those, the Suns wouldn't nearly be um, as good as they were this year. Um, but, yeah, as for Chris Paul, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I saw a lot of stuff um, to the Lakers sign and trade but i mean what do the lakers really have to offer they have kuzma. nothing yeah kuzma and kcp that that's he's not he's not going to the lakers no but i did see some stuff as you know lakers fans are just gonna fucking do anything like they can <laughs> say kd to the lakers we have kuzma and kcp we'll throw on just Taylor horton tucker and then you know <laughs> just just to get the cap space but um, i mean they're delusional as always um, but yeah, I feel like he might leave. I want him to stay because I like the Suns team, but I think he might leave because he wants a chip. He just wants a chip, probably. Yeah, it's it'll it's it's gonna be interesting to see. I would lean that he stays, but um, I don't know because you're right about um, the Lakers are certainly uh, ahead of them as far as you know if they're healthy. Um, I, I wouldn't say certainly because they did take like a game. Uh, or they took two games off of them with AD, um, but I'd say like I would I would have the Lakers ahead um, if the Clippers have Kawhi back by then, which is an if after the torn ACL. Um, I would I would say they're ahead of the Suns too, um, and then possibly the Warriors, possibly not. Um, so they're still um, I think they're ahead of the Jazz. They're they're still like in the top three, four in the conference, um, and you have to hope Booker, you know, maybe takes a small step forward, which would be awesome. Aiton takes, you know, continues what he does in the playoffs and gets even better with it. Um, 
and some of the role guys who are extremely young, uh, Mikal Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, you know, Jalen Smith, their draft pick, who wasn't able to play this year, uh, could give them solid Aiden replacement minutes if he's if his development comes along. Like there are things that um, you know this team now has a bunch of playoff experience. If you bank on the young guys getting better, they still I could see I could see them uh, you know being right back in contention next year. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the finals before we go to the draft? Yeah, one quick thing. Um, even though Giannis was the best player, he wasn't my favorite player. And I think he wasn't, you know, the favorite player for most NBA fans. And that title belongs to the one, the only, Bobby Portis. He was amazing. I think, honestly, he was one of the most <laughs> crucial pieces of the Bucks. Winning he this. was. He actually he was. was. He he actually played really well. But yeah. the media attention he got just for having googly eyes <laughs> is insane. And I feel like that after game two, they started playing him more. And then with all that media attention, it brought the team up. And that's why they won. So even though Giannis got the finals MVP, I feel like Bobby Portis is a people's MVP. Right? And that's all I have to say about the finals. All right. We have an NBA draft tomorrow. Um we're going to be going through our top 14 personal boards. I really like this draft. I think um, it's super good at the top and deep at the top. And then, you know, it, it falls off, definitely. I think from after pick five, I think it does fall off. Um, but then it it really st- stays at a similar level up until the 30s. Like, I, I think this draft is really good at the top, okay in the middle, um and very very strong at the back so overall a really good draft um let's start with my number one ranked player um i have Cade cunningham this was not a easy decision for me um because Cade cunningham is not an anthony davis lebron james carl even carl anthony towns type of unanimous number one prospect he has some concerning flaws um that starts with his athleticism and his ball handling, whether he could be a lead ball handler. Um, he turned the ball over a lot. But let's go to the pros. He was a very good shooter, both off the catch off and off the dribble um, this past season. He has incredible vision. I think his assist numbers would have risen if Oklahoma State had more three-point shooters or just better, better talent um, overall. I think he sees the floor well. Um, and I think, you know, he overpowers guys because of his size, which is a major strong point. And he's quick enough, um, even with that size, to be a good defender. Um, so let's let's go to you. Do you have Cade Cunningham ranked number one in the draft? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's not, um, like you said, a unanimous pick. Uh, because, like you said, the top, you know, I'd say four, maybe three players, you know, can be kind of interchangeable. But Kay Cunningham, I mean, it's just a really good prospect. Uh, you look at him, he's 6'8 with a 7 feet wingspan, which is insane for a guard. And, you know, you just have, you know, a really solid finisher, a solid shooter, like you said. And, I mean, that's just a player that's going to come in and basically change a team's play style if they want him to be the number one, right? Um, but he's going to the Pistons, probably. So, I mean... He's going to have to be the number one. I mean, there's basically yeah. just no option. I don't know how well he can do that, Um, 
because, you know, he does have some flaws. Like you said, his assist numbers will probably be good. Um, but, you know, as a shot creator, I feel like he could, you know, be a little bit better. Like you said, he has good vision. Um, but, you know, leading a team like that in the, your first year, I mean, it just doesn't just take, you know, you know, a good player. It takes a good player in the mind, right? And then, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really watched a lot of Oklahoma's games um, to see how he you know, performs under pressure, but I feel like he will be the top pick in this draft and he will definitely make a difference um, for the Pistons just because like he just is a solid player. Um, and I feel like he, he, I mean, as any rookie, he's going to have to adapt to the NBA. Um, but his play style, I mean, I feel like he can do it in the NBA easier than, you know, say a shooter, right? A shooter might have to adapt to the three point line and all of that. Um, and smaller players too, uh, the NBA's physicality and all that might be different, but his play style I feel like will fit a little bit better um, for a first-year player that has to lead a team, um, and you know that rarely is um, what happens to a lot of players, but it 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 will be for him. Um, maybe that changes his development if he went to a better team uh, starting off, but I feel like he will still be an amazing NBA player. Um, but he does have to get better at some things, but you know. For the Pistons, I mean, I feel like this is just a pretty easy pick. Uh, he's the best player in the draft for most people, um, and he's probably the one that's going to perform the best for them. So, yeah, that's my number one. Number two for me, um, Evan Mobley, the center uh, of USC. I think people are pretty split on two and three um, with Green and Mobley. I think that's as, – as far as, you know, I think most people have, you know – think assume the Rockets are going to select Jalen Green um but I actually see a pretty decent gap I see Mobley and Cade being very close together then a slight drop off um to you know the next three guys I'll get to um Mobley I think he's just he's a unicorn talent with his incredible wingspan his height um and the you know the athleticism, not the vertical, but the fluid, the fluidity that he has with his body is something we rarely ever see um, in the NBA. Uh, he's an excellent finisher. He's got handles, touch, feel for the game. He's such a high IQ player. Um, he doesn't foul for a big guy, which is so key. It took DeAndre Ayton years to learn. Um, how to not foul, and you can see um, what it's doing now. Uh, James Wiseman has to go through that same exact thing. Jaron Jackson has to go through that same exact thing. It's such a big deal for big guys to learn not to foul because then you can get exposed around the rim. Um, he, I, I really believe with that, he, with the natural talent and the IQ, he has all defensive potential. Um, the way he guards um, perimeter guys is incredible. Uh, it's nothing short of incredible for a big guy. Um, so versatile. Um, and really, he's, he's an awesome passer, too. So, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, his size, you know, he might get bullied a little bit. Um, but I, I expect him to, you know, kind of grow into that body because he's still very young. Um, he doesn't really have a post game yet. His shot is a little bit concerning, but he has good mechanics, and a good free throw percentage. So um, there's certainly a chance with that. So I think Mobley's a complete 
prospect, and I think your Cavs should be incredibly happy if they get him at the number three pick. Who who do you have ranked two? Do you have Mobley or Green? Or uh, so you know, I actually agree with you, uh, Evan Mobley. I mean, he's just at that top tier for me at least, and you know that may be a little bit biased because I mean I want the Cavs to get him, but you know he as a big man uh, is just basically what you want in today's modern day in today's nba um he's just yeah he's not that type of center that's gonna you know bring the whole team down just has to play in the paint he's versatile he has he's he's not gonna get played off the floor like we've saw gobert he's he i mean Mm -hmm. because he he, can switch on the perimeter yeah he can create he's versatile he's explosive i mean he's basically a center that can also kind of be a power forward when you look at it because he's He's not yeah. just gonna stay locked in the paint, right? And I feel like that's that's just really important um, for a modern center. We look at the MVP, uh, that was Jokic, and you know what is he? He's a versatile center, and I feel like I really like that play style, and I really like Mobley too. I feel like he's gonna come into the NBA. He's gonna have to, you know, adapt to some stuff, maybe gain some weight, because like you said, his size, you know, trying to guard some bigger centers um, may be a little concerning, but he is good at defense. Um, I feel like he might have to improve his shot a little bit like you said but if he can knock down some mid-range shots i don't feel feel like he really needs a three you know to be a great player um but yeah i really like his play style he's you know for a center um you rarely get to see a player like him or Jokic that's actually really versatile i feel like we're gonna get more of those um in the future of the nba but as of right now he's just a great prospect um and you know my number two i feel like basically to everybody Jalen green is kind of close um but i just really like his play style and maybe i'm a little bit biased because of the calves um but yeah i really like evan mobley yeah number three this is going to surprise a lot of people i do not have jalen green ranked number three i have jalen suggs from gonzaga um let's start with the pros he's a true point guard which you know there's not many true point guards in the nba that are pass and score you know they they look for both equally um, he's an awesome passer, probably a top three, maybe two passer in the entire draft. Um, he's a good scorer. He's aggressive towards the rim. He's strong. He's a good athlete. Um, he is a streaky shooter, but he's, he, I think he'll be good because his mechanics are good and he's a hard worker. Um, he's an awesome defender. He has awesome defensive potential because of the way he can stay in front of people and He's not going to get back down at 6'4", um, and, you know, not too light. Um, he is another guy that has an off-the-charts basketball IQ. Um, the ceiling, because he's not a freak athlete uh, like Jalen Green, the ceiling might not be as high, but at the same time, the defensive ceiling is much higher. The floor is much higher. And I think, really, his ceiling is being underrated a little bit because you know, he, his shot, we've seen his shot creation improve. And I think, um, you know, him being the hard worker that he is, and I know Jalen Green's a hard worker too. He's going to work on skill development as much as he can. And I could see him being um, an elite player in the league. Uh, and he, he definitely has some things to work on, but I think he's an extremely polished pros- prospect. And um, you know, the ceiling might not, not be as high, but I think the overall winning impact he's going to make on the game has me taking him over Green, although I've gone back and forth on them uh, all draft process. Do you have Jalen Green ranked number three, or is it a surprise like me? 
no, I, I do have Jalen Green. I mean, spoiler, Jalen Suggs is my number four. Um, but you know, Jalen Green, I just, I, I just kind of have to go with him. I really like him. I've been actually following him probably the longest out of all um the draft prospects. But he is just an insane athlete, like you said, like. For a six-five guard, his explosiveness, his agileness, if that's a word, it's just insane. He's ex- extremely shifty. He's a consistent shooter. I mean, he doesn't have an amazing shot, but he can knock it down. He's not going to get, you know, just abused like Ben Simmons. Um, But, you know, he is just an amazing athlete. I think he's going to come into a team, maybe not be that number one, um, but he is a good scorer too. Um, I just really like his play style overall. I feel like he's going to come into a team and really change it. Um, if he does come to the Cavs, I mean, I'm okay with that. Um, but, you know, I think the Rockets should take him, honestly. The Rockets right now are in a pretty terrible phase um, going from one of the best teams to one of the worst teams. Um, and I feel like him, Jalen Green, uh, can just be one of those people that, like LaMelo, is just going to bring a lot of people in. Uh, to the arena, watching the games, and I feel like that's kind of what the Rockets need, just a big, um, someone to revive uh, that franchise after James Harden, Um, so I I do think they're going to take him, I really like him at the number three, Uh, but like you said, Jalen Suggs is a a really good pick too, Um, but I'll be getting to him um, in my next pick, Um, but Jalen Green, just an amazing player, an amazing athlete, and that's my number three. Yeah, Jalen Green, um, my number four ranked prospect, he's the best athlete, overall athlete in the draft, maybe Keon Johnson, but, um, as far as, you know, uh, he's a good ball handler, he's a crafty finisher around the rim, um, his playmaking, his shooting, his defense a little bit has improved over the G League season, which I thought was awesome. Every person that, you know, I've seen talk talk about him says he's an extremely hard worker he wants to be great he asks a lot of questions and that's stuff you look for in a guy Uh, but there are some cons he doesn't really know how to play yet Um, I think the G League wasn't the best thing for him it was good for his overall skill development but maybe not his ability to play through an offense um, because you know they they didn't really run like a ton of sets and they didn't play a lot of games in the G League Um, he's you know, he's still a little black holy. He's not, you know, a great passer, but I think he'll be able to learn to pass just like Zach Levine has over the course of his career. Um, the defense is pretty bad. Um, he is lightweight right now. I'm sure he's going to try his emphasis is to put on weight. Um, so I'm not too worried about that, but he's out of position a lot. Um, and he's overall just not, he doesn't have the instincts that, you know, a Jalen Suggs or a Davion Mitchell has on the defensive end. Um, but I think overall, the athletic scoring ceiling that you're going to get for him has me at number four. You have Jalen Suggs at four. Talk about him. Yeah, so for Suggs, I mean, you already talked about him, but he is just, I mean, the best point guard in the draft. If you consider Kate Cunningham a shooting guard, but he is the best true point guard in the draft, in my opinion. Uh, just amazing vision. Uh, you know, a uh, pretty good shot he probably needs to improve it um, especially going to the NBA uh, but you know just that vision the defense is a big thing for me too I love a good defensive point guard um, and he can do it he is uh, just an amazing player he has pretty good size at 6'4 for a point guard so I mean he's just gonna come in and I feel like you know 
vision and playmaking is not something that I really need to adapt to the NBA as much as, you know, other things. So I feel like he can really make a difference. Um, I know the the Warriors, I think you want him at seven. I don't know if he's going to drop that far. He's not going to drop the seven. We would yeah. have to trade up. Yeah, um, but I mean, if the Warriors can somehow get him, I feel like that would be just the perfect pick uh, yeah. just because, you know, getting mentored by Steph Curry um, is just going to be amazing for him because, you know, they kind of have similar play styles, but they are similar guards, right? And I feel like Curry could help him with a lot of things, but I, I feel like it is going to be hard to get him at, at seven. Um, but he is just an amazing point guard, probably the best in the draft, in my opinion, at least, um, because Kate Cunningham really, I feel, I don't think he's going to play point guard. Um, maybe depends on the team he goes to. Um, but yeah, Jalen Suggs is just an amazing guy, an amazing athlete, and an amazing prospect too. Um, uh, but I think you know the biggest thing for me uh, when ranking him was a defense. Like that's something I didn't really know before. But you know, after watching some of his games, um, and just looking at the stats, he's an amazing defender, and I really like that in a point guard too. Um, so yeah, that's my number four. Um, and you know, like you said, he could have been number three. Um, I feel like, you know, him and Jalen Green can kind of be interchangeable. Um, but you know, still both amazing players. Um, and I think Jalen Suggs is going to be a really good player in the NBA too. Yeah. Um, for number five, for me, I have Scotty Barnes, who, um, is viewed at by many, I mean, his main talking point for many scouts is that he is a versatile defender and that is not an exaggeration this guy can guard every position one through five i've seen him pick up guards 90 feet from the hoop and switch on to dayron sharp isaiah like um you know hunter dickinson from michigan uh you know bigs that will end up playing in the nba um and do a great job on them and it's it just has to do with his IQ level, um, his his you know effort and and hard working ability on the defensive end, and his elite length um, and good athleticism, lateral quickness. Um, he still needs to work on that a little bit, but he is an excellent defensive player uh, that anyone would want to have on their team. And offensively, he's got major passing skills. He's awesome in transition. The half court offense is. A little suspect, especially having to do with his jump shot. But I think in in high school he showed flashes of being able to shoot. I think his free throw percentage is good enough to where you know if mechanical if mechanical changes happen, um, he could end up being a good enough three point shooter. He's never gonna be a good three point shooter. He could be a good enough three point shooter. He's an incredible hard worker, an amazing teammate. He's crushed every single draft interview he's had. Um, all he wants to do is get better, and I want that guy on my team. I think he's almost at the level of Suggs and Green. I think he's in the same tier. Um, and I just I love Scotty Barnes. I've gotten a lot higher on him since the college basketball season has ended. Who do you have at five? Uh, at five, I do agree with you, Scotty Barnes. I mean, he is just an excellent player. And like you said, the biggest thing is the defense. He has a 7'2 wingspan, which is just insane. He's 6'9". Uh, he has just really good, you know, physical stats. Uh, and that's definitely going to help him, um, you know, defending the NBA. Um, you know, like you said, super versatile. But, you know, in the NBA, that might be a little bit harder. Uh, just guarding, you know, Steph Curry and then Rudy Gobert. Not, not in the same game, right? But 
um, you know, but I just really like him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to, you know, go at Ashley 5 uh, just because he can't really be a number one option. So I think he might fall a little bit, maybe even to the Warriors. If the Warriors can take him, I feel like that's basically the perfect pick, at least in my opinion. Um, they don't really need a guard, but someone like him that's going to come in and help the defense is just perfect um but yeah i don't think he can just be that number one player uh which you know five is a magic i'm pretty sure they kind of need that um so i feel like he might drop a little bit to some of the later teams uh but you know whoever gets him is going to be getting an amazing player and like you said he just wants to get better he's going to keep working hard um and you know i really like that that kind of play style um so yeah scotty barnes is my number five um but i feel like he might drop a little bit in the draft, not in my big board. I I think he's five at minimum in the draft, and I think teams have just over the course of this draft process or in the summer have the overall consensus um, and pretty much major like absolute majority is that he is a better prospect than Jonathan Kuminga, um, and I think there's a chance he goes to the Raptors at four. I don't see him falling past five. He's not falling past six. Um, there's no chance the Warriors get him. Uh, and I, I just think that's where he's going to end up going, just based on momentum that people are hearing from NBA teams who absolutely love him. And I think the draft interview, um, you know, his interviews have really helped that case of him rising above Kuminga. Um, at number six, I think there's a big drop-off after the top five. Uh I do have Davion Mitchell, who I absolutely love. Um, a you know his one of his concerns very very small, six foot zero. There's not many six foot six foot or under players in the NBA, um, and that's a major concern. Not major concern, but that's a concern. Um, but I do like how he plays much bigger than his size. Um, his wingspan isn't the best at six foot four. Uh, it's okay. It's you know it it's not terrible but um, it's not something you would like love out of a defensive minded guard. Um, this guy is lightning quick on both ends. He can get by almost anyone. Um, he and he can stay in front of everyone. He um, was an absolute nightmare all throughout the college basketball season defending other teams' point guards. And I think that's what we saw from Drew Holiday as he wore Chris Paul down and helped get two incredible steals off of uh, Devin Booker to end the finals. Having a guy that can guard um, other teams' guards every single night and do a good job on them is extremely valuable. Um, Mitchell, he shot really well from three last year. He has passing skills. Um, and But there, there are some major red flags. He's about to turn 23 years old, which is a major red flag. There's not many... Uh, you know, lottery prospects to end up being good. Buddy Heald, I think, is the best one that was 22 and older. Um, and Davion, and there's like a list of 15, and he's he, like pro- him and Cam Johnson are the best ones, um, which isn't a good, you know, list to be on. But uh, I still, I still believe uh, in Davion because he's an extremely hard worker. Um, he strives to get better, and I think. Uh, the shooting, which is a concern because he had only one outlier shooting stretch from three, and he shot poorly from the free throw line. Um, so it's a concern, but I really think with 
the work this guy's going to put in and the defensive ability um, he's going to have. He has a high floor, and I do believe there's a ceiling there uh, because of his unbelievable quickness. And if he can improve uh, his finishing skills and shooting, uh, he can be a really complete starting guard uh, in the NBA. Who do you have coming in at number six? So at number six, I have Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, like you said, um, he might not be at the same level as, you know, the top five players, and I do agree with that. Um, but he, I mean, at least to me, I really like his play style. He is a six feet eight, um, seven feet wingspan uh, power forward uh, who is really explosive, um, which I like. I like, you know, explosive players um, at that power forward position because they can really get in the paint and make a difference. Um, so I do really like him. He ha- actually has a pretty good shot, especially for his size and position. Um, but he could get a little bit better at, you know, just decision-making in the offense, um, but I think that's something he's going to get with experience. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, just that explosiveness at that height. Um, I feel like that's going to just, you know, he might not be uh, that number one player, but that's definitely going to change a lot of teams um, because that isn't a need for a lot of teams. That big man, uh, that's not going to drag the team down. Um, he is versatile, right? So I do like it. And, you know, his defense is actually pretty good. He might not be on the same level as some other players um, in the in this draft. Um, so if you're looking at just strictly – I need a defensive player. A lot of teams might, you know, not look at him, uh, but he is definitely, you know, viable at defense. He's not going to get abused. Um, he can definitely handle it. And I feel like in the in the NBA, in the NBA, uh, he's going to just get better and you know develop more that play style. Um, so he's at number six for me, and I really just like um, him as a player overall. Yeah. Um... I'm going to get to Kamenga, but he is not my number seven prospect. I have James Knight, the guard from UConn, who, um, you know, he's just a scorer. He's a great athlete, um, and he uses that to his advantage. Um, he, you know, he's, he's just a bucket getter, and some of the moves he has translate to the NBA. Um, teams are really impressed by him. I... I think I, I think he's either going to go six or seven in the NBA draft. I think he could slip to eight, but I think he's going six through eight. Um, and I think, you know, he some of the concerns. The passing is a concern because he only averaged I think a, 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 like around two assists per game. Which when you have the ball as much as he did, it's bad. And he misses open guys. Um, he has the ability to see some stuff. So if you know, as long as he practices it and doesn't just in you know in an offense where he doesn't have to do everything, um, he can work on his passing, and I hope it gets better. But that's a definitely um, a concern coming into the draft. His shot, he shot under thirty percent from three in college, I believe, just under. Um, but however, he has an awesome free throw percentage, good mechanics, and. Um, he absolutely shot the lights out in workouts. And that's not, you know, a huge deal, but uh, it certainly helps. And I think he will be end up being a good shooter, and that's going to unlock um, the rest of his, you know, athleticism and um, help him around the rim too. And defensively, he's, he's an awesome off-ball defender, and I think because of his quickness and athleticism, he can be a good on, and he has long arms too. He can be a good on-ball defender, Right now, he is inconsistent, but he's pretty good. Um, 
I think that's where, you know, he could end up coming from. He could end up being Jordan Clarkson, but with better defense, you know, instead of just Jordan Clarkson, which is a good NBA player, but Jordan Clarkson is probably not worth the seventh pick or the seventh best player in the draft. Um, I don't know. Maybe he is, but probably not in a great draft like this. Uh, I think his defense is what puts him apart from, you know, the average pure scorer who doesn't do much on the defensive end. Um, we'll see. I really like Book Knight. I think most teams do. Um, who do you have at number seven following up Jonathan Kuminga? Uh, I have Davion Mitchell. Um, like you said, uh, if he does fall to seven, I feel like he actually might go a little bit higher. Um, but I feel like, you know, he might go at seven. For the Warriors, it's going to be an amazing pick, right? Um, he has amazing def- defense for a guard, especially at his size. An amazing shooter, one of the best in the draft. Um, and, you know, like you said, a big thing is also his work ethic. And I feel like in the NBA, that's going to be a big thing. Um, and if he can get in a good team with a good rhythm, with good mentors, um, like the Warriors, uh, I feel like he's just going to get a lot better as time goes on. Um, so I feel like he's an amazing prospect coming into the draft. Um, and someone that's just going to basically change your team from day one, right? So I, I, he just basically has no huge weaknesses, and I feel like that's a, just a really solid player, right? Um, so, yeah, I really like him as a prospect. If he, if he can go to the Warriors, which I think, you know, if he does fall to seven, the Warriors will probably take him um, unless, you know, someone really at the top can fall. Um, but, you know, if he does fall to seven um, – the Warriors, I mean, I will take him, right? Because in that team, he is probably going to develop the best out of any team he could go to. Um, and that's just going to turn into an amazing NBA player in the future. Um, so I do really like him. I know you do too. Um, so yeah, I feel like he's going to be just an amazing NBA player. Um, and, you know, just doesn't have a lot of flaws. Just a really solid player all around. And great defense, amazing shooter. And I feel like that just has everything to, you know, be one of the best players in the the NBA in the future and one of the best players in the draft. Yeah, so I forgot to mention uh, around the NBA, Davion Mitchell is kind of on a free fall. He's falling down uh, mock drafts. The Warriors are not taking him at seven. I'm just telling you that. Um, he's not going in the top six either. Um, right now I have him going 14th to the Warriors, and I think he will end up going there. Um, the Pacers are interesting at 13, but teams are really concerned about this age thing, um, and I think they're interested more in a guy like Book Knight, who might have more all-star upside than a guy like Mitchell, who, you know, True Holiday, has he, he's, has he ever been an all-star? Is he, or he no. maybe a couple, maybe once, a couple times, like, he I'm doesn't have sure that, he hasn't. With, yeah. with his, with his offensive game, he probably doesn't have the upside to be, uh, you know, a consistent all-star, but he can still be an amazing, valuable player, um, which is why I have him at six, but I don't think he's going to go very high in the draft. We'll see, because there's still a chance, um, you know, Charlotte wants to pair him with LaMelo to help out that defense, um, or, you know, some other team in the lottery-ish, but I think he's going to fall to 14 uh, for the Warriors. Um, Coming in at number eight for me is Moses Moody, the wing from Arkansas, who is an awesome shooter, um, basically a 3 and D player, but with his uh, ability to hit, um, 
jump shots off of pick and rolls. His mid-range game is awesome. Uh, he makes pretty good decisions. Not complex passes, but simple passes. And that's what you kind of want out of your 3 and D guys. Um, I think he can be a 3 and D plus player. Um, he's not just locked into stand in the corner, hit threes, play defense. He can be a secondary ball handler if that improves. Um, and he's only a freshman. Um, he's not an established junior, but he, I, I also think he's pretty ready to play. Um, I really like Moses Moody. Um, there are some concerns. He's not a great athlete, um, and he doesn't, you know, he's more of a jump shot focused player. He His decision making's fine, not anything better. Um, but I think he, with, I mean, his. Probably his best attribute is his wingspan. He's six foot five, maybe six six, uh, with a seven foot one wingspan, which is incredible. Um, and he that he uses that to his advantage, especially defensively. But if you have a guy with a seven one wingspan who shoots thirty eight percent from three, um, and that might that number will probably rise through time as he gets even better as a shooter in the NBA. Um, that's just a valuable dude to have on your team and. Um, I think the upside's a little bit higher than some NBA scouts who haven't been the end of lottery uh, think it is. Who do you have coming in at number eight for you? So at number eight for me, I have Josh Giddy. Uh, this is just, you know, when I was uh, researching for this, I had obviously heard about him. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of weird. He's super young, right? One of the youngest players in the draft. He's six nine. He's st- I think he's still 18, I believe. Yeah, he is pretty yeah. sure. Um, and at six nine for a point guard, that's just insane. He has professional experience uh, with Australia, um, so I mean, he just has basically everything uh, to come in and be a, num- a number one option uh, in the NBA. Amazing vision, a great creator uh, for the team, um, and you know he should uh, get better at defense uh, because with that size, you know. Um, like guarding point guards you should be better um and i feel like he will develop it in the nba uh but he just as a prospect just looking at you know his skills and what he has to bring to a team uh he is a really good prospect and i really like uh just basically everything about him right i like a big point guard he has that i like someone that can you know just have amazing vision he has that too um the biggest thing for me is the defense um but, you know, it's not terrible or anything, right? He's not going to get abused like Trey Young. Um, and, you know, against a, a few guards that are smaller than him, he can use the size, you know, against them, right? So just overall, really solid uh, prospect for me, Josh Giddy. Um, I don't know exactly where he'll fall um, in the draft. Um, but, you know, say the Cavs straight up, I feel like he would be a good prospect to look at at least, right? So, you know, just an interesting guy. Uh, really weird that he just basically has everything covered. Um, I really like it, honestly. Yeah, um, I, I like that one uh, for Giddy up at eight. Um, at number nine, I have Jonathan Kuminga. You touched on him earlier. I'm not very high on Kuminga. Um, I think he definitely struggled through the G League. Um, and it kind of has to do with he he's not very fluid with the ball. He his shot does need work. It's it's pretty good mechanically, um, but you know he's he's just not shooting a high percentage. It's not really going in, um, and I think just overall 
defensively he needs to get a lot more disciplined. Um, he has the, he has just all this potential because he's an athlete, um, crazy athlete. Being you you know able to move like that at six foot eight and like pretty big too. Um, so I think he's a guy, toolsy guy that's going to take a while to develop. Um, I've heard the Warriors are liking him more and more at number seven. I have him there in my latest mock draft. Um, I don't want it personally as a Warriors fan. Uh, I would rather, you know, not take a guy that's more ready to compete um, because, you know, I I would, but um, I don't know if that guy's going to be there, you know, unless we could pull off a trade for Suggs. Um, but I would like to see us not go with Kaminga. But, however, I think this guy could be good down the road if, you know, because he has the ability to be um, a really nice shot creator as well as uh, a de- awesome defensive player too. I think he's one of the few players who has um, star, not few players, but one of the players who has star upside, which might not be true of Mitchell or Moody or even Book Knight. Um, so who do you have coming in at number nine? So at number nine, I have James Book Knight. I think that's how you say it. I don't, I don't know. At first I was like, Bow Knight, right? Because Knight. Yeah, I honestly have no idea. I have some no people idea. call him it's, Book Knight. It's a it's a real Book name. Knight. I call him Book Knight. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a king from fucking Scotland or something. James Book Knight, right? <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. He is an amazing scorer, one of the best in the draft, and I feel like that's a really good thing. Um, if he's gonna play point guard, I feel like he should definitely, you know have a mentor because his vision is is solid but you know he has a negative turnover to assist ratio or assist to turnover ratio um and that's not good when you're coming into the nba and you're gonna have to adapt it anyways right but i feel like he does you know have a lot of you know potential uh he can finish really well well um inside the paint uh he's six five which is pretty good for a guard um and i feel like he just has a lot of potential depending on where he goes to and who he gets to mentor him uh, i feel like his flaws can definitely be addressed um and just you know being a scorer if you're gonna need that a uh, number one guy uh he's a pretty good guy to go to he can score um he's very, very versatile his shot could get a little bit better um but just a really good prospect all around and you know he has a bonus that he sounds like a king right in a king that sounds like a king is a king so james book yep. is a king basically and i like him i do like him um and i feel like his flaws can definitely be addressed like i said oh man whoever gets him is going to get a really solid player um and you know if you get the right staff like if he went to the timberwolves he might just not have a career at all because we all know they can't develop players um but yeah I feel like even if he, you know, just stays where he is right now, skill-wise and flaws-wise, uh, he will still be a really solid NBA player. So I like him. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number 10, rounding out my top 10, is Franz Wagner, um, the wing-slash-forward from Michigan. Uh, let's start with the defense because that's probably his biggest strength. Um, he's, for a guy at who measured in at over six foot ten. Um, he is a really good perimeter defender. He can move his feet. He's a super smart defender, um, off ball and on ball. Um, he's just solid. And I think offensively, he's kind of got a limited ceiling. He, I don't see him being a number one scoring option ever in his career. Um, but he's got skills. He could be a secondary scorer. Um, at I think, you know, he shot 
really high percentage from the free throw line. He shot over 35% from three. Um, so he can knock down open shots. And he showed range, too. Um, so I think at least he's going to be a 3 and D player who um, can, he can also finish around the rim. Um, he doesn't finish with through contact well, but he fit, he you know it takes he finishes through angles um, and with incredible touch around the rim. Um, he his passing is really really strong, and I don't think people know that about him. Um, off the pick and roll, he's excellent as a passer, um, and I think those things just make him a, not guaranteed, but strong bet to be a strong a good NBA player. And that's why I have him coming in at number 10. Who do you have rounding out your top 10? Uh, so I, we actually agree. Uh, Franz Wagner um, from Germany, right? I'm pretty sure. Uh, Germany, and then he went yeah, to he to Michigan. Went to college at Michigan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just a really solid player overall. Um, you address some of his flaws, um, but I think the biggest one would probably be the scoring and shooting. Um, outside of finishing in the rim, like you said, um, he it's not that versatile, so I couldn't see him just being that number one go-to guy. But if he can go to a team that just needs a really solid, you know, defending uh, player and a really solid wing, uh, that just might not get you a lot of points, but will just be a solid role player. I feel like that's just where he's going to excel. Um, if he goes at 10, he goes to New Orleans. And, you know, I don't think New Orleans really needs a scorer, right? Uh, I don't think they're going to take him just because they don't need a wing. Um, but, you know, if he does follow them, I feel like he's just going to be a really solid player. Uh, and to, I mean, whichever team he goes to, um, if he doesn't have to be that number one option. I feel like he's going to be an amazing player. If he does need to, um, then I feel like he's going to have to start addressing some of the flaws. Um, but, you know, overall, really solid role player. And I can see him, you know, if he continues to develop his defense um, and address some of his flaws, but, just you know, just keep um, that kind of play style in developing, he could be a really solid role player in the future um, and someone that can really make a difference in the team. So, yeah, that's my number 10. Yeah, number 11 for me, you talked about him, Josh Giddy, um, out of Australia. He's really interesting because he can make any pass on the court. Um, he His stats were pretty impressive in you know the NBL, same league that LaMelo Ball played in last year. It's a pretty good league. Um, <clears throat> and I really, you know, there's some concerns. Um, he's pretty slow defensively. Um, I think offensively he's kind of getting underrated because he doesn't get by guys much, but he has twitchiness to create a little bit of space. Um, his ball handling's fine, um, and I think people think it's bad. It's fine, so I think that's kind of being underrated a little bit. Um, and his shot is terrible. His shot needs a t it looks like a YMCA shot. Like it's his just overall form his like he jumps way too far forward his feet land awkwardly like it's bad and um his def defensively he's just kind of going to get blown by by guards um he's got the size to kind of stick with forwards probably um and hopefully you know the 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 hope is that he doesn't turn out like Ricky Rubio he needs to develop another skill whether it's shooting whether it's you know, being able to somehow get to the rim, being crafty, maybe a mid-range game, or the defense. He's just got to develop one of those things, and he's going to be a top 15 player in the draft. If he develops two of those things, he could be a top 5 player in the draft. Um, and like we talked about, he's got so much time. He's still 18. 
Um, so I'm really liking Josh Giddy. Um, even with the shooting concerns, the defense concerns, I still have him as my number 11 prospect. Who do you have just outside of your top 10? So at my number 11, I have Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. Um, you know, he is just one of the best athletes in this draft. Um, he's super aggressive, and I feel like, you know, for a team, again, say you're pretty mediocre, you need someone to just boost your ratings, he's probably going to be that guy. He's going to get some highlight plays. He's going to, you know, draw people in. He's going to bring up some longtime fans that just – don't really watch the games anymore, kind of what like LaMelo did, right? Um, but still being a really solid player overall. Um, so I really like him. Uh, I really like that type of player that's just going to, you know, come in, be super aggressive. And, you know, he actually has pretty good playmaking skills too. Um, so, yeah, Keon Johnson, yeah, you know, he is kind of on the leaner side. Uh, he can get kind of bullied by a few guards slash forwards. Um, but, you know, I feel like he's going to come into the NBA and just – you know, be that guy that you can give the ball to. He's going to get you a point, and it's going to be beautiful, right? Um, so I really like that type of player, and that's why he's my number 11. I feel like he's going to go to a team um, and just kind of change it, you know. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping he does. Um, so, yeah, he's my number 11. I really like him as a prospect overall. Yeah, Keon Johnson, who I'm a little bit lower on. I think I have him at 16 right now um, outside of my lottery, but – um, he's an incredible athlete. Uh, I think the hope for him is to be this big wing who um, is an awesome athlete and can play defense. Uh, however, he's only 6'4", which is still big for like a guard, but for a wing, it's kind of small. Um, so he'll end up being kind of a tweener. Um, defensively, I think he's really good. I think, you know, he still makes a lot of mistakes because um, he's so raw, uh, but... I think he has the right instincts, and he has obviously the athleticism to stay in front of guys, Um, and I think he can end up being a really good defender. Uh, Offensively, he just needs a lot of work, a lot of development, Um, and I'm tending to be kind of lower on those guys this year, Um, but I think a team that could uh, has a more long-term approach about him and can unlock his athleticism to translate into offensive skills like the San Antonio Spurs at 12 um, would be awesome for him. And I think he has, because of the athleticism, um, he has star upside. And he, I think he set the uh, vertical record at the combine, um, which was cool. And he has some sick dunk uh, highlights. He plays it really aggressively, um, and that's something that you like. So I can understand why people have him top 10, top 8 even, um, and I I don't because I think you're going to have to take a really long-term approach with him, but I can totally see it. Um, and coming in at number 12 for me, I have Alperen Sengun, um, the Turkish center who won the MVP of the Turkish League, which is a good league. It's, a, it's a, actually probably a better league than the Australian League, um, and 18-year-olds just don't win that league very often. He was awesome. He's an old-school type of center. He's really skilled. Reminds me of Vucevic a little bit. Um, He's a really, really good passer. He can be an offensive hub. Um, He shot really nice from the free-throw line. He showed some mid-range, and I think that gives him potential to extend his range. Um, He's got great footwork around the basket. Um, The concerns are obviously for a guy uh, 
you know, he's not a rim protector right now, and he's not that big for a center. He's only 6'10", um, and he's a little bit uh, lightweight for, like, a guy who's just going to be battling with other top Jokic and B-type centers in the NBA. Um, and I think, obviously, the major question is, is he going to get played off the floor like Rudy Gobert did? Um, is he going to be able to get into switches and uh, stay with guards? And I think the likely answer is probably not. Um, but he showed some flashes of it. Uh, granted, it wasn't against NBA talent, but it was against good talent. And that's, you know, as long as he showed flashes at it, if he, you know, if his athleticism improves a little bit, which I don't know, because if his athleticism improves, he might have he might not be able to gain weight and battle down low. So um, it might be a little tough for him in the NBA, but just based off skill alone, I have him at number 12. Uh, who do you have at 12? So at 12 for me, I have Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Uh, this is also one I have been following for, you know, a few years, actually. Uh, you know, basically when you're playing 2K, you play my league, you go a few years in the future, and then you see who's there. He was always there, so I went and searched him up. So, Jalen Johnson, he has, you know, some pretty significant weaknesses. Um, Basically, the shooting is pretty bad. Um, Shot creation isn't great, but, you know, again, just like a lot of other players, he's extremely explosive. Um, A good defender, really versatile, too. Um, And, you know, just someone that can come in and help your team, uh, especially if you're in need of that kind of player, right? Someone that can, you know, just defend really well, um, explode, just you know, do some crazy stuff, um, and, you know, just a really solid athletic prospect, um, I feel like he, you know, with his defense, he's gonna definitely be, uh, a good target for some teams that are in need of a good defensive player and someone that can be versatile, um, at 6'9", uh, he can guard, you know, a lot of positions, he might get blown by by some really fast, um, point guards, uh, but he has a good frame, right, so I feel like he is just gonna be, uh, a really good, you know, wing, um, that can come in and help your team, uh, in that defense, defensive end, in, in that offensive end by, you know, driving to the rim, um, and just, dunking on people, I guess, but yeah, he's a really solid player, really athletic, um, and, you know, there are a lot of players like that in this draft, um, he's one of them, um, and I feel like he's gonna be a really good role player in the future, probably not that number one, um, but, you know, uh, he could definitely help out a team, especially if they're mediocre, I guess. Yeah, um, with Johnson, the talent's definitely there, I'm a little bit lower on him because of all the concerns that you brought up. Um, and he just wasn't really good for Duke. And there's also some character concerns that aren't a huge deal to me, but um, certainly do matter a little bit. Um, I think I have him at 19 right now. Um, but for 13, uh, for me, I have Jaden Springer, who I'm very high on, uh, the guard from Tennessee. I have him over his teammate, Keon Johnson. Um, he's basically just... like a Kyle Lowry type player who's gritty he's gonna play hard defense he's a good defender he was I think 43 percent from three he was pretty knocked down um he sees guys with passes um and I really do think he has the potential to be up there with Davion Mitchell as a awesome perimeter defender 
that can, you know, take on point guards. Um, I think I wouldn't even blink if you had him ahead of Mitchell because of the because he is three years younger than Mitchell. I, th- I maybe even four, like three and a half years younger than Davion Mitchell. Um, I think he's got a little bit more questions. Um, he has more developing to do. Uh, and he won't be ready to play quite as much as Mitchell, but I really like Jaden Springer, and I have him at 13. Um, who do you have at 13 as we near the end of the lottery? So at 13, I have someone you brought up before, and it is Moses Moody. Uh, like you said, I, I he's a really good prospect. I feel like he can come into a team and just you know be really solid. Uh, he's not just a 3 and D player, even though I really do like that kind of player. Uh, like you said, he can create his own shot. He doesn't just have to sit in the corner and hit threes. Uh, just basically everything you brought up, he's an amazing prospect. Um, and he can come into a team um, and, you know, do his role will really well. And his role is super crucial, right? And if he develops um, in the future, I can definitely see him being, you know, uh, an amazing role player for a team, maybe, you know, Robert Covington or even better um, just because of that play style. Um, and, you know, I feel like it's stealing uh, is super high too because he can develop a lot of his flaws, right, and fix a lot of his, his flaws. Um, so I feel like he is just an amazing prospect. He's going to come in and change a team. Um, 13, I think that pick goes to, let me just check real quick, Indiana. I mean, that would honestly be a pretty good pick i can think that's of. where i have him going in my mock draft yeah right now. i can't really think of you know another uh guard for them slash wing um so you know he can fill that hole he can come in and just he's not going to be the number one player but i don't really need think he needs to right so if he can come, he can come in and excel at what he does um he's just going to be a really solid player overall so that is my number 13 i really do like him Uh, yeah, coming in at 14, I have kind of a more under-the-radar prospect. Um, he goes by Trey Murphy from Virginia, 6'9", 6'10-plus wingspan. Um, and, you know, he's a junior, a little bit of an older prospect, uh, played two years at Rice, transferred to Virginia, um, really good three-point shooter, uh, 43%. Um and he's just over 50% on catch-and-shoot three-pointers. Um, I think he is a guy that's going to contribute pretty early into his career. Um, reminds me of Macau Bridges with the length. Um, and I think he's going to He's defensively, he's really good. So he's just kind of a 3-and-D guy. Um, concerns are shot creation. He doesn't create for himself. Um, and he's like a little bit – he needs to put on weight which is going to be tougher to do when you're a junior in college versus when you're a freshman in college. So he's already a little bit behind on that. But overall, I really like him, and I think he should be considered by teams at the end of the lottery and be in in middle of the first round. Uh, Who do you have ending your draft lottery? So for my last pick in the lottery, I have Corey Kispert. Um, He is just uh, a pretty exciting player, honestly, at least to me. He's 6'7", which for a guard is really good uh he has a lot of experience you know he's one of the oldest players in the draft and that can drop him a little bit for a lot of teams um but you know that also means that he excels at what he does and what he does is shoot he is probably the best shooter in the draft um and i just love it at that height and shooting like that you know uh he is just he's just gonna be an amazing 
uh, role player for a team uh, that just kind of needs shooting, right? And it kind of needs experience. He's not going to have to adapt a lot. Um, you know, for a shooter, it's always hard coming from the college, the NBA line and stuff like that. But as good as he is, I don't think that's going to be such a huge problem for him. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing um, is his age, right? Um, and I feel like that's why he might drop a little bit. But just, I really like him just as a prospect. Uh, he's big and he can shoot, right? And he's experienced. So I feel like that that's going to count a lot um, for a team that's not really trying to, you know, rebuild. Um, he, if he can go to the Warriors, for example, they're not trying to rebuild. Uh, he can just be a really solid piece uh, that's, that's experienced and can come in and help out that team, right? So I feel like that's a really solid pick. I really like him as a prospect, uh, but I do understand if he goes a lot lower in the draft. Yeah, um, I personally have Kispert, I think, 21st on my board. Um, I'm a little bit lower on him, and it just has to do with kind of his defense. I think he's going to get hunted defensively, um, and even if he doesn't, he's not going to be a plus defender, which isn't the case of a Trey Murphy, of a Moses Moody, of some of the other 3 and D guys, Franz Wagner, that um, I'm kind of higher on. Um, The difference is he's probably a better shooter than all those guys, and um, I think his ceiling's low. I think his ceiling's probably Bojan Bogdanovic, which is good, um, but I don't think he has any sort of star upside. I think the age kind of bumped him down a little bit for me, and he, you know, he competes on defense, which you really like, but he also kind of got hunted in the NCAA tournament, which is a concern. Um, so that's why I would have him outside my top twenty. But he's such a good shooter that um, I would understand uh, if you have him. You know, I, I can see it having him that high. Um, And that's going to do it for our massive uh, NBA draft preview. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I think it's going to be an awesome night. I think we're going to see some trades, maybe some movement. Um, There's been a lot of rumors brewing. Let's see if any of them uh, come, you know, come alive uh, tomorrow. Um, That's going to do it for today's episode of the Two-Way Podcast. We will see you later.